Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Lakeisha Woodard. Lakeisha, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and um, kick us off? Yeah, so my name is Lakeisha Woodard. I'm 41 years old. I'm originally from the Shy. <laughs> okay. But I pl- yeah, but I planted roots here in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, an aunt, a sister, daughter, proud godmother, proud godmother, <laughs> author, sister coach, and also the founder of A Sister's Truth. You know, A Sister's Truth is a company that I launched and I help women to discover, define, and live their truth for manifesting a courageous life without limits. And as a sister coach, it's my job to make sure that my sister clients have the tools that they need to stay true to themselves for a purpose-driven life. So that's like the the short of the long of who I am. <laughs> nice. Okay. So this is completely off topic. I'm just kind of curious. How was that transition going from Chicago to Houston? Oh, so this is how it this is how it started off, and we'll get more into that. But I went from Chicago to Minnesota, from Minnesota to Atlanta, and then Atlanta to Houston. Wow. So <laughs> once wow. I got to the so once I got to the south it was a wrap because going from chicago to minnesota i went from cold to cold as hell (laughs) and then from cold as hell to hot and then to super hot so yeah so the transition it was a huge transition um a little bit of a culture shock because houston is more of a melting pot down Uh here and atlanta is too atlanta is too but you know i i just once i got to atlanta i love being in the south and so I found myself in, in Houston at some point. So, yeah, it was it was a big transition, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah, because my, my girl's from Chicago, and I, and I have an affinity right now for Minneapolis, and she's I've never ah. lived outside of Southern California, and she's like, you're ah. not you're not going to be able to do Minneapolis. And uh, I was like, uh, oh, okay. Uh-uh. And it's so funny because my husband, I, I've taken him back home to Chicago for him to visit, and mm-hmm. he loves it too. I'm like, boy, you grew up in Texas. You couldn't handle <laughs> – you the could you city. can't handle Chicago the winter yeah. time. Stop it. Yeah, no, I did. I do. I do uh, Chicago for Christmas, and I thought I could walk from the car to the to inside the restaurant without my jacket, just like you do in California. <laughs> I got one step, what, not even one foot out, and I had to go back. I dove into the car for my pea coat. I was like, "What is this? I don't. <laughs> I've never felt cold like this before." <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, Houston is. Uh, I think it's on our short list of, of places. Maybe Dallas. I don't know. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to ask since you were from Chicago, and I know she's from Chicago, so I, yeah. I was wondering how that transition was. <laughs> but di- diving more into you, you know your personal life, not personal life, but your professional uh, experience going into your thirties. When did all these uh, ventures kind of come about for you? Was that pre thirties or in your thirties? How did that come about? When I started at Sister's Truth. Hmm. Well, it was it was a long journey, actually. Um, my journey to purpose started when I was in when I was in college and I needed to, and that was because I needed to heal from sexual abuse. I was sexually abused by my stepfather for mm. eight years. So my wow. journey to purpose started started then. So in school, um, I joined a group called Youth for Survivors. And so with Youth for Survivors, I went to different um, organizations, elementary schools, churches, just sharing my story of um, surviving sexual abuse and bringing awareness to sexual abuse. So 
that's what sparked my interest in just sharing my testimony with other people more, especially children, because at that time, you know, I thought that I was the only one going through sexual abuse. Honestly, mm-hmm. I just, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But once I started speaking about it and started, you know, having children come up to me and revealing to me that they experienced the same thing, like that turned my world around. So I was just like, no longer can I be silent about this. So I, you know, went through college, I graduated college, um, Initially, my goal was to become an attorney because I always wanted to be like Perry Mason. (laughs) That was my goal. My mom loves Perry Mason. So Perry Mason was the goal. But once I got into law school, that fire and desire dwindled. And I didn't know why, because that was the only goal that I had. There was no plan B, no plan C, because plan A was going to happen. Me becoming an attorney. And Mm. so when that fire, you know, dwindled, I was a little bit confused and I decided not to go back to law school. And that was a huge decision for me. So at that point, I needed to um, do the inner work to figure out what my purpose was. Why was I, why was I here? And so I realized that over that time span, the one thing that was constant that I was always doing was sharing my story on how I survived sexual abuse, sharing my story on how I was able to literally survive living in the projects in Chicago and, you know, make it out and do something with myself, whether I was, you know, volunteering at different nonprofits or even working in corporate America, sharing my story with other women, you know, cause I was, I just turned into that person who people will come to and talk to when they um, needed accountability or needed someone to sit down and like brainstorm ideas and, you know, put plans together to achieve goals. I've always been that person. And so when I decided not to go back to, to law school, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I need to, to do something with that. Right. Because this is something that's naturally comes to me, helping and encouraging other people. This is something that's natural. People are drawn are drawn to me when it comes to when it comes to this. And honestly, I just went to Google University and started researching. (laughs) (laughs) You know, started researching, you know, how to find your purpose, how to walk in your purpose, just all type of of research. And um, that's when I discovered Lisa Nichols and Tony Robbins and Ayana Vincent and learned what a life coach is. Mm. And then during that process, also, I ran across um, a 25-day challenge uh, called the Earn More Money Movement. And during that challenge is when I actually um, set up my website for the very first time. So that's literally how A Sister's Truth got started. And I've just been taking off from there. Where did you get the courage to actually just speak about this experience? <laughs> well, um, Honestly, I started speaking in college and, you know, I went to Clark Atlanta University. That's how I ended up in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm, I attended Clark Atlanta University. So there was an ad in the college paper um, for students to come and join this group, Youth for Survivors, and they were paying a stipend. So initially it was to, to... earn some money <laughs> to have money while I was in school. And so I go and I join this org- this organization and my very first speaking gig. Now, as a speaker, we only had 15 minutes to talk. My very first speaking gig, I spoke for probably like 30 minutes because I was just like talking and talking and talking and talking. And so the organizer of the group, she told me, she was like, you know, 
I let you talk because I can tell that you needed to get it out. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay for you to have therapy sessions. So she paid for me to have therapy wow. out of her own pocket. That's so crazy. Early, yeah. So early on, you know, my healing journey started. So just going through therapy, that helped, you know, with the, the courage to continue to talk about it. And then also my very first speaking gig is a little girl. Now we were talking to... If I remember correctly, eighth graders. And after my after the, the you know the event was over, a little girl came up to me and she told me she was like, "I think I'm pregnant by my mom's boyfriend." Oh, and so, Jesus Christ! Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so when she told me that, I you know immediately, of course, you know, I told the teacher and the counselors, you know, and she ended up you know being pulled out of that out of that situation. But there was no going back for me after that. There was no no longer could I be silent after that because so that I'm like, it. there are other children out there who's experiencing this that I didn't know about, you know, so I have to, I have to speak up for them. It wasn't even about me anymore. It was about the the children that I was here to, to inspire and to motivate. So that's how I pulled, that's where I pulled the courage from, from therapy mm. and just being dedicated to, to helping other children come up out of that situation. You mentioned law school. I mean, the, the next yeah. plausible thing would have been social work. What what right. made you go the path that you chose rather than going more of a, we'll say traditional route, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. But what made you choose to go the route you did to be the advocate you are now? So, like I said before, when I got into law school, that fire dwindled, right? And so when I decided not to go back, I needed to do the inner work. So I needed to deep dive into the reason why I wanted to be an attorney because, you know, even as an attorney, I could have went into family law, which was initially the plan, you know, to do mm-hmm. family law. But I had to do the inner work and say, okay, Key, why did I want to be an attorney in the first place? So I kept asking myself why over and over and over again. And what I realized is that, number one, I wanted to be an attorney because of my mom's love for a TV show, right? She loved Perry Mason. That's where <laughs> the goals started. And so then it was just like, you know, okay, Okay, Keisha, why? And it was like my the answer to my why was my mom loved this show so much. Maybe if she um, saw that I wanted to be like Perry Mason, she would love me a little bit more. And then I went into I went deeper into to that why because I was you know literally wanted to my mom to love me just a little bit harder because if she loved me a little bit harder, then maybe she'll stop the sexual abuse. So at the end, when I was doing the inner work, I realized that. I was chasing a dream that was never mine in the first place. I'm not saying the chasing the dream of becoming an attorney was was wrong and it was bad because it wasn't. You know, having something you know of that magnitude to focus on helped me to, you know, to stay focused. You know, when I was going through the mm-hmm. trauma and was at my lowest point, but I was chasing a dream of a little girl who was abused and abandoned and was um, searching for love from her mother. I'm in law school. I'm a healed, courageous woman, you know, who has, you know, reinvented the relationship with her mother and her father. So what are her goals? Right. And mm-hmm. so that's when I needed to do the self-work. Um, and that's what led me to identifying that my purpose was to share my testimony and just be an example to to other people. And um and just follow that path and just, you know, just take a leap of faith. I've always just leaped, 
you know, and not all the time I landed on my two feet, but that was okay. I was always able to get up. So it was nothing for me to change direction and and start my own business and start a life coaching business. So that wasn't really a stretch, but dealing with the fact that I was possibly letting my mom down, that was huge. But I Mm -hmm. had that conversation with my mom as well. Mm -hmm. And when she told me that, she said, you know, Key, you could never do anything to disappoint me. She was like, if you never do another thing else in life, you have already, you know, gone beyond my wildest dreams that I had for you. So that was also the motivation that I needed too to really just explore what life had to offer and go down this new path. So do you feel like you've given back or let me rewind that. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you feel like your potential to give back is a lot greater doing what you do now versus what you were considering previously? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I truly believe that I'm operating, operating in my purpose. You know, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. So I feel as though that all of us have a purpose and a calling on our life and I am truly operating my purpose. So, you know, because AST is such a, you know, a a passion for me and and I'm so driven by it. I'm able to contribute more because I'm very transparent about uh, my experience, my transition from sexual abuse victim to survivor. I'm very transparent with sharing my wins and my lesson learned, you know, with my community as well as my clients, you know. Life happens to all of us. And when we get to, you know, a place where we're at our low point, we tend to think that nobody understands what it is that we're going through. We tend to think that nobody else has experienced what it is that we that we experience. And that's so far from the truth. Right. So the tactics the enemy uses on you is the same tactics he uses on me. So if I can overcome and turn my issues into triumphs, then you can, too. But how would you know that? If nobody is sharing their testimony, if nobody is willing to, you know, shed light on the process that they've taken, you know, to turn their triumphs, their issues into triumphs and to, you know, show you and let you in on their healing journey. Right. So I think I'm making an even bigger impact now by operating my purpose. Not to say I couldn't make a big impact as an attorney because I could have. But I think that. This way, you know, through a sister's truth, it's more genuine and it's more authentic to me. Yeah, and I think you're a lot more – it it absolutely does. And that's the answer that I anticipated, but I wanted to hear your your take on it. And the unique thing about it is you you took a stand and you went on your own, whereas most people would just say, I'm going to work it through the – through the establishment, through the system and make a difference that way. I mean you can. To your point, you can do – you can do it both ways. I feel like you've – essentially accelerated your contribution to, to your community, to your global community, more or less. Um, Thank you. It, it does sound very inspirational. I mean, just hearing you and how passionate you are about it, um, it, it makes an impact. I mean, even on me and I, I have no, you know, nothing to pull from on that in that regard, but it feels like you've really reached out and understood where you came from to overcome what you what you've been through yeah and, and you know and I and I recognize that not everybody 
um, shares my my experience. But, you know, we all go through some form of trauma, whether it's bullying, you know, being bullied as a child, whether or not it's not growing up with your father or your mother, you know, um, losing someone in your in your life, whatever that whatever that trauma is for us. It could be something for you. It could be something very small that's blocking you from truly operating from your gift and from your authentic place. So me sharing my story is is my way of motivating anyone, you know, to move past that mindset block. Because at the end of the day, it's a mindset block. And I just want to encourage people, no matter what it is that they've gone through, you know, to just, you know, love themselves and and know that they are enough and, and their truth is beautiful. You When you figured out what your purpose was in, in and what you wanted to pursue, about how old were you uh, when you kind of came to terms with all this? Um, let me see. I started law school. I was 25 years old. So around 27 um, is when I was, I decided to go back to school and get my master's degree. So 26, 27, I decided not to go back to law school. And then, you know, around 27, 28, I was going to school to get my master's degree. So actually at the age 30 is when I was graduating with my master's degree. And that's when it was time for me to really like live life, if you will, because I was Mm -hmm. already doing that you know, that inner work. So when I turned 30, it was like an amazing time for me, an amazing time for me. And I was just ready to to celebrate because I was excited to turn 30 because honestly, I never thought that I would make it to 30. Like I, my mm. mind just never mm-hmm. went that far. When you growing up in, in the, in the projects and this gang violence, drugs, prostitution all around you, you know, you live day by day. Yep. You know, yep. and just for me to to get to college and to graduate was a feat. So I was happy and mm-hmm. then get to law school and not and decide not to go back. You know, that was a success. Right. So now that I'm, I look up and I'm turning 30, I was like, oh, snap, it's time to, <laughs> <laughs> it's time to live, you know. So I created this big birthday thing for my 30th birthday. It was called Grown and Sexy. And so <laughs> me. Oh, Fun. Me, some friends, and some family. We flew to Jamaica with the oh, heathenism. Yes, it was. I mean, it was this big bash. We flew to yeah. Jamaica to celebrate my my thirtieth birthday because I was celebrating life. Like I said, I didn't think that I was going to make it to 30. You know, I had decided not to go to law school and felt good about not going. Like I wasn't sad about it. I felt good because, you know, I had discovered my purpose and well, starting to discover my purpose. And I was excited to see what life was going to um, bring my way and um, landed a nice little corporate job. And so I was happy. I went out, bought a house, got me a little car and, you know, started (laughs) traveling the world. I was excited, you know, about my 30s. So it's it's funny because I run across younger women all the time <laughs> who's coming up on 30 and they act like their life is about yeah. to take this huge yeah, people down. freak out about it. They really freak out about it. It's- <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, I had a totally different mindset. I had a totally different mindset. So I went into my 30s with the notion of, oh, yeah, this life is it's about to be real. It's, yeah. it's about to get real. And other people should think that same way, too. Like the 30s, your 30s is amazing. No, 100%. 100%. Yeah, they should, but they don't yeah. go through the things that you've seen. So it, it's all relative. And that's insane that you that you felt that way. And it it's very hard to kind of relate to. 
You know what I mean? And I don't mean any offense by that whatsoever, but there's a lot of people that can't. And we're, you know, that realization has made me, um, that realization has made me understand that we are, as a, as a nation, very entitled. I think we're very entitled, very spoiled. Like, this is the way that your life is supposed to be. And you overcoming this kind of adversity really speaks to the fact that we are still miles away from our end goal as a nation and need people like you to to really take the reins and, and kind of guide us and say, open our eyes to the things that we don't necessarily think or, or have exposure to. Wow. Thank you for that. See, no confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I mean, what has been one of your greatest successes in terms of like a speaking engagement or, or even a conversation that you've had with, with someone just in passing? You, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say that my biggest accomplishment was that very first speaking gig when I helped that little girl when she told me that she thought she was pregnant by her, mm. her mother's boyfriend. I'm going to say that was my biggest accomplishment because I didn't have to answer to that ad. I, you know, I didn't have to show up for that speaking gig. And then when I got there, I didn't even have to talk about it. You know, I, she could have came up to me and, and told me that I didn't have to go and tell a social worker or tell the teacher, you know, I could have did so many things differently, but I was able to not think of myself in that moment and think of her and help her out. And I say that was my, my biggest success because I made a choice and I said yes to helping her out. And that totally, I, I feel as though totally changed the, the trajectory of my life. So I think that was probably my biggest success was speaking up, finally speaking up and helping someone else out. Uh, Lukisha, did you end up starting A Sister's Truth in your 30s or did you start it earlier than that? No, I started it um, towards the end of towards the end of my 30s okay, right so, right going into my 40s oh okay so that's more of a recent development yes yes this okay. is more recent development so my journey has expanded you know the the healing process and you know embracing your purpose it's not an overnight process and i think a lot of the the younger women and a few men too that i that i speak to that i've spoken to like they want to know it like immediately it's a journey it's a process because some of us have traumas that we need to heal from in order to fully embrace our purpose right. and like for me in my situation you know, I truly believe that if I never would have healed from the sexual abuse, that that would have, you know, delayed me truly walking in my purpose and living out my truth. So it was years. You know, I started in in college all the way up to the end of my 30s to now just a few years because a sister's truth is only a few years old. You know, so this has been a process. It's a it's a journey. And that's what we have to to know and recognize and understand and know that it's okay for the journey to take a little while. It's okay because that's how you build your your perseverance, the confidence that you need to, you know, overcome all the ups and downs that's going to come along on your journey. Right? But we we live in a society where we just want things instantly and it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen overnight. That instant gratification. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what I was alluding to before, that sense of entitlement. So, throughout your 30s, how 
did you progress to get to a sister's truth? Like what was your journey through your thirties to get to that ultimate goal of yours and identifying your purpose? Mm -hmm. So in my thirties, I decided to just live life. You know, I took the time to travel the world a little bit because I wanted to experience, you know, other cultures. I wanted to take a long plane ride over the water and just see somewhere else, you know, outside of the U.S. So I took a little time to travel. You know, I took time to enjoy being single. Honestly, you know, um, I was in school for a long time, guys. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just needed to you just to vent. stop. You had to get it out. Yes. I just needed to, to stop and, and smell the roses. So whatever it was that I wanted to do, I did it. You know, in my 30s, I did start a photography business. Okay. I had that for almost two years and I stopped doing that because I realized that I like being in front of the camera more than I like being behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth right so, there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. And, you know, and that was OK. And then I did research on other different, you know, business ventures. Like I looked into to opening up a laundromat because I wanted something that was recession proof. And then mm. I looked at opening up um, bed and breakfasts and those just really didn't really, you know, speak to me. And so I just took my time, you know, I dated, you know, had a little fun yeah. with that and then ended up actually meeting my husband in my thirties too. I was so, just going to ask, I was about yeah. to ask about that. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go yeah. ahead and go, let's dive into that one really quick. I'm, I'm curious. Okay. Okay. About dating in your 30s. Okay, so <laughs> I met my husband on an online dating app. <laughs> okay, which one? All right. Black, it's called blacksingles.com. Blacksingles.com. Okay, here we go. We're plugging it. Today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I was also on match.com too. And so okay. this is also the MySpace days too. Mm -hmm. You know, I, okay. I'm probably aging myself. Well, you I already said how old I was. I was about to so. say that. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of MySpace love, man. You know, in, in the tune of T-Pain, that's a lot of MySpace love. And, yeah. 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 So... So yeah, so I, I met my husband on online and uh, he was not okay, so this is so this is a strategy when I was dating online. I <laughs> would not go <laughs> I would not go out on a date with anyone who was ninety percent a ninety percent match or below. Okay. okay. My husband okay. was like an eighty-three percent match. Oh. So I kept passing him up. You know, I kept passing him up because he wasn't in the top 90%. And so after I dated all of the guys, you know, um, that was 90% or above, they didn't work out. You know, my husband comes through, you know, my search results one more time. And I'm like, <laughs> why is this dude keep coming up, popping up in my searches? Because his profile picture was horrible. He looked like <laughs> he was on he was on the beach. He had this big afro. He was sweating. He looked like he was hot and bothered. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> that vivid, huh? It made that much yes. of an impression on you. Oh my goodness. To this day. How I long have you been married for? We've been married for uh it'll be four years next month. It'll okay, be four okay. years next month. I'm sure you yeah, still I'm yeah. sure you still clown them for that too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we dated for four years before he uh, before he popped the question, and then we was engaged for a year and a half. So okay. in in total, we've been together in total um, ten years, but we've been married for four. Wow, yeah, wow, what a journey! Damn, 
afro, <laughs> hot and bothered on the beach to, hot to married. <laughs> man, man. And so when I, I kept, his picture kept coming up. I guess, you know, the it needed, I guess it needed to be that profile picture because obviously it made an impression because I kept recognizing him. Right. You know, so at some point I clicked on his profile picture and I, you know, on his profile and I started looking at other pictures and I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was his filter system, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Is that what it was? Oh, you and don't so, know. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, so I sent him a wink, and uh, he winked back, and the rest is history. Can we can we take a moment to acknowledge the, the early adapter over here about like online dating? Because if you did that, you guys met. 10, 10 years, years ago, ago. that mm-hmm. wasn't a social norm or socially acceptable nope. at the time. No, it was not. Let me tell you, my friends would look at me crazy when I would say that I was, de- you know, using an online dating app, you know, yeah. because I just, I didn't really want to meet a guy in the club or at the bar, you know, I, I wanted that. to, yeah. yeah, so I wanted to be, you know, have a little bit more control, if you will, over the guys that I dated. And for me, the online, you know, on, dating online gave me that, you know, um, that flexibility to to do that. But, you know, I was a single woman, so don't get it twisted. <laughs> I said, when I went on dates, I said profile pictures, date names, you know, I had a, you Social know, security, a, 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 some a, yes, a paper so so yeah so i mean because there's you know there's some some crazies out there but you know i tried to be as safe as possible so so yeah so i'm comfortable with saying that i you know that i met my husband online because you know we have all type of dating apps now right you know but back then no just just my close girlfriends just really knew because People will look at you like you were crazy. Yeah. yeah. So what was like mm-hmm. one of the worst dates that you had out of out of online dating? I'm curious because if you if they all struck out before him, like what was one of the worst? One of the memorably worst. You know what? I didn't really. It it wasn't that they were like really bad dates. We just didn't click. We just didn't ah, mesh. Okay. They weren't so, memorable. That's why they weren't it. Ah. Right. It right. So it wasn't like it. You know, it was like it was just like super horrible where they did something crazy. We just. You know, we just didn't click. But I will I will say this, that once I got serious about dating and was serious about, you know, wanting to date someone who was on the path of marriage, <laughs> I changed my profile picture where it was just like just my shoulders up. And you mm. guys, you would be amazed at how many messages that I would get with, with you need to show a little bit of your body. Like, what you look like? Why are you only showing your face? And I'm uh, like, that's my filter system. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably the worst was the, the messages that I would get. But as far as like seeing a guy in person, I didn't have any really bad dates, if you will. It's just that we just didn't click. We just didn't mesh. So overall, your goal in your thirties was just to find that 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 one, the one that was on that the same trajectory. Yeah, once I yeah towards the end of my thirties, yeah, once I decided that you know I'm ready to to settle down and to to get married, you know my my goal for the online dating changed, and I became a lot more serious about it. So yeah, that was towards the end of my thirties, middle to the end. Yeah, you met your husband, you got married. How much of a gap in between marriage and establishing yourself and a sister's truth uh, was there? Two years. 
two years. So okay. yeah, two years. Um, we so you're got dead married. on. Like you were like 38, 39 when you got a sister's truth kicked off. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, um, I got married at 38, 39. We started building our house. So by the time I was 40, we was already in our house. And um, that next year is when I started A Sister's Truth. Mm -hmm. So what was the primary goal of A Sister's Truth, aside from giving back communally? Like, what, what is its focus? My mission with A Sister's Truth is to help women embrace change because change is where growth happens. And for whatever reason, we are afraid of change, you know, and change needs to happen, whether or not you are changing, you know, the place where you live, the places that you go, the people that you surround yourself and the things that you do change, you know, in order for growth to happen, you have to embrace change. You have to do something different. And so that is my mission and my vision is to, to help women to embrace change. What was that aha moment where you just said, this is what I need to do? Oh, my aha moment. Do you not? I mean, did it, was it like more of a transition for you? Like, this is just something that's got to happen? So, <clears throat> like I said before, I'm always that person, everybody, you know, that everybody comes to, right? And so, right before... I registered to Google University. I sat down, you know, a, a girlfriend of mine wanted me to brainstorm some business ideas with her because she's a teacher and she wanted to come up out of the classroom. Okay. And so um, I was talking to a different friend about it. And I, was, and I was saying to her, I was just like, you know, I'm forever helping somebody else figure something out. But I have yet to figure out what it is that I'm supposed to do. Like right. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur because like I said, I had a photography business. I started researching other different businesses to get into, but just hadn't found that one yet. And so a friend of mine was just like, well, Keisha, what you need to do is you need to figure out a way to package up the fact that you've been able to help people, pack, find a way to package that up and sell it. And I was like, what? wait a minute, I need to do what? Figure out a way to package me helping people. And so that's when I registered to Google University and started doing, you know, searching, just random searches. And I discovered life coaching and mm. what a life coach is. And yeah. so once I did research into what a life coach is, that's when it clicked. And that was my my aha moment because I was like, okay, this is something that I've been technically doing all of my life, really. Right? You yeah. know, just inspiring people and, and helping people. And so with A Sister's Truth, I wanted to set myself apart from other life coaches and incorporate me just sharing my journey, my transition from victim to survivor of sexual abuse, and just being open with, you know, sharing my life experiences, period. You know, just by being a woman in general. And, it, and it's not just the sexual abuse, but it's like the other things that we go through as women as well, as well. You know, just sharing those experiences with other women. I wanted to create a sister bond with my clients, you know, because a sister coach is someone that's like your sister because we're connected by our common life experiences. So to be someone's sister, you it's not just biological. 
you know, our common life experiences links us as sisters. So I wanted to create, incorporate that into my business as well. So when my when I work with my clients, they feel comfortable enough to share some of their deepest, darkest fears. Because we really need to, you know, dive deep to really help somebody pass their mindset blocks, right? And so people are more accustomed to sharing with someone that, they can relate to and that they feel comfortable with. And me sharing my experiences creates that that safe environment, that sisterhood with my clients. So, you know, incorporating that sisterhood in my business is what I feel as though it sets me apart from other from other life coaches and helps me to provide something a little bit unique that's unique to me and authentic to me. That's actually really interesting. And the contributions you've made, I'm sure, are have resonated with everyone that you've interacted with, whether or not they've actually confronted you about it. Um, so I'm sure your community thanks you in excess. So Lakeisha, if the people want to find out about you and more about a sister's truth and what you're doing as your um, life's purpose, where can they find you? Sure. So for more information on how I can help you on your self-awareness journey, please visit my website, www.asisterstruth.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at A Sister's Truth. I'm on Facebook at Lakeisha Marie. That's L-A-K-I-T-I-A Marie. And I'm also on LinkedIn at Lakeisha Woodard. I definitely got to connect with you on, on LinkedIn. Please do. Yes. <laughs> That's your favorite Please website. <laughs> yeah, I, love that. I, love, I love that place. Please he's do. He's silent on Twitter, doesn't post anything on Instagram, but every day he's on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, yes. Find me on LinkedIn. Definitely. And Randy, where can the people find you? And you can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z. And Turk? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Turg Says No. And if for real you want to connect on LinkedIn, <laughs> I'm there too. <laughs> All right, Lakeisha, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share it with friends. Make sure to stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast rate us on apple podcasts and if you really like what you hear make sure to leave us an awesome five-star review for talk 30 to me i'm turg and i'm randy z Peace. <laughs>
And today we have a very special guest. We're joined by Lakita. Look, oh my God. <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm sorry. Here we go again. That's why you need to speak from the heart and stop reading. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just trying to read the name, but it's spelled. I know. It trips everybody up every time. It, it just tripped me up. All right. Get your giggles out now, bro. Come on. Move on to establishing yourself and how long did it take you to get to where you are right now. Uh, let's rephrase that question. I don't like it. Hold on. <laughs> um. <sighs> okay, where do you want to go? <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to ask. Okay. <laughs> so... 